time now for The Real Estate Connection with Stephen Fayard, a realtor and certified probate and real estate specialist. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or a seasoned investor looking to downsize, move up, or refinance, this program is for you. From probate sales to landscape design to home repairs and maintenance, this is your weekly look into all things real estate. Now your host for the Real Estate Connection, Stephen Thayard. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to the Real Estate Connection with your host, Stephen Thayard out of KFX 1100, Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. Thank you, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I appreciate you... Uh, what am I trying to say? I appreciate you tuning in and listening. That's what I'm trying to say. After years of listening to the radio, you would think I know how to say that already. But anyway, Merry Christmas to you. I hope you all are having a wonderful Christmas season. Let me see. This show is airing the Saturday before Christmas, so I hope that all your Christmas shopping has been done um, and that all your packages have arrived on time. Uh, it's very busy right now with end-of-the-year office parties. Most of them are probably complete. And for all you people in the accounting field, I hope your books have been closed successfully and that uh, that your travel has taken place or you may be traveling today. Uh, and I, I wish you safe travels um, as we're taking time to spend time with loved ones and appreciating the blessings of the year. We are celebrating the birth of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The day the Savior of the world was born, he came to earth not to condemn us sinners, but to save us. And what a wonderful time to get together and exchange presents with people and just celebrate our love for each other. It's absolutely fantastic. We also take this time of year to look back at the blessings of the past 12 months and anticipate the coming of the new year. As part of looking forward, we often look to see if the next year is a good time to maybe take that leap of investing into the world of real estate. And a lot of you will look to the current state of the economy and what new year, what the new year will bring before you move forward with such a large investment. So the question usually is, will we see or will you see an economic slowdown or recession in the near future when you're getting ready to make such a large investment, especially one that's tied to um, the economy and the market of things going up and down uh, as far as values are concerned. Because when you're uh, investing, you know, $100,000 into an asset, you, you're looking over the horizon to see whether or not it's going to hold its value or go up in value, especially in the state of California. So in today's show, I would like to best bless you with some information as to why I believe you will not see a recession in 2020. Uh, will there be an economic slowdown or recession in the near future? And my uh, conclusion to that is not, it will not happen. And I'm going to be blessing you today with information in that regard. So speaking of blessings, I would like to bless you personally if you email me for a no-obligation appointment to give you an estimate on the value of your home. Uh, if you're getting ready to sell in 2020, you're going to want to know what it's worth um, and what you could possibly get out of it, especially if you're looking to retire or maybe relocate out of the state of California or make a move up into a better home or make a move down into a smaller home. 
or if you just want to discuss the prospect of buying, if you're a first-time home buyer and you've been listening to this uh, program for a while um, and you want to get uh, uh, the state of the market as far as what you can afford and where you want to live uh, and how to go about making that first purchase, I have a gift for you. I'd like to give you, that's right, ta-da, a copy of a book called the Family Preparedness Buyer's Guide. This is a must-have book for any family preparing for any emergency. And the thing about emergencies are, uh, is we don't know when they will arrive, so it's always good to be prepared. It's better to be prepared than not prepared at all for when they show up. They're kind of like that knock on the front door called unexpected bill. So <laughs> you should be prepared for an emergency, and this book uh, is a guide to get you there. This bestseller will provide you and your family with information on the best survival gear, uh, tools, and weapons uh, for your skills, uh, because we all are trained in different ways, and budget, and money is always a factor. Chapters include emergency shelter, fire and clothing, emergency food and cooking gear. It's always important to know how to cook when there's no power and how to store up supplies for feeding yourself should our delivery trucks stop. Communication, which is important if you get separated from loved ones in an emergency. And navigation, if you need to get to somebody um, once you find out where they are at and you do not have the use of cell phones or other electronic devices. And weapons for uh, self-protection, whether they be handguns, handgun knives, or even the sword. You know, a lot of people don't think about the sword as a survival tool, uh, but it is an inexpensive way to protect yourself and keep people at a distance uh, against maybe one or two people if the need should arise. So I have a copy of this book for you. It's a very easy read with lots of useful information. Should you decide to reach out and contact me directly at 408-472-0817 or through the internet at realestateconnectionradio.com. Again, that's realestateconnectionradio.com. Now, let's get down to business. So there have been rumblings and rumors of a coming recession in 2020. However, the economic data that I have seen does not lend me to think the economy is moving towards a recession. As a caveat, I am not a trained economist, but I do know how to think for myself. So my first point as to why I do not believe a recession is looming over us in 2020 is the unprecedented growth in jobs. Okay, jobs, jobs, jobs. The following growth information I will sh I will now share with you comes from the Counts Council of Economic Advisors. So you may ask yourself, what the heck is the Council of Economic Advisors? Well, the Council of Economic Advisors was established by Congress, Congress, sorry, not Congress, Congress in the Employment Act of 1946. So it's been around for quite a long time. So I'm going to paraphrase um, what the description is for you right now. The council is composed of three members who shall be appointed by the president and by and with the advice and consent of the Senate. So it's appointed by the, they are appointed by the president, but their, their advisement from the Senate comes to the president and anybody who is appointed has to be confirmed by the United States Senate, each of whom shall be a person who is exceptionally qualified to analyze and interpret economic developments 
to appraise programs and activities of the government and to formulate and recommend national economic policy to promote employment, jobs, production, and purchasing power under free competitive enterprise or capitalism. So what does the council have to say? So I'm going to share with you the highlights from an article from the council dated on December 6th, 2019. Marcos just said I had two minutes, which means I have a minute and a half. So we're going to go through the first couple of bullet points before we go to break just to get us started, to get that ball rolling, to get us moving forward. All right. The first point, the economy added 266,000 jobs in November alone. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, monthly employment employment situation report. Now that's one month. One month in the United States, we added 266,000 jobs. The job totals for September and October were also revised up, leading to a total increase of 41 thousand jobs. So if you add two together, we're up to over 300,000 jobs from September, October, and November of this year alone. Okay. In the past 36 months or three years, the economy has created at least 100,000 jobs in 33 of the last 36 months and has added jobs every single month. Jobs, jobs, jobs. We are seeing unprecedented job growth. So I've been told we need to take a break as we're coming up to a hard stop. We're going to go pay some bills, which means we're employing other people with jobs. And when we get back, we're going to continue to go through why I think we will not see a recession in 2020. And we'll be right back. Now back to the Real Estate Connection with Realtor and Certified Probate and Real Estate Specialist, Stephen Fayard. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me this morning on KFX 1100 out of San Francisco with the Real Estate Connection with your host, Stephen Thayard, Realtor and Real Estate Professional. On today's show, we are going through why I personally think that we will not see a recession in 2020. So if you're thinking about purchasing a home in 2020 and you're wondering whether or not um, we're going to see a downturn or something catastrophic as far as the economy is concerned to drive prices down or maybe uh, sour your investment, I'm going over information in today's show as to why I personally think that we will not see a recession in 2020. However, my caveat before was that I am not a trained professional economist. However, I do know how to think for myself. And based on the information that I've read, which I am now sharing with you guys today, um, this is why I've come to the conclusion that we probably will not see a recession in 2020. So before we hit the break, I was going through a report that was issued by the council and my notes and my notes in, my, in the Council of Economic Advisors 
that was put out dated December 6, 2019. Before we left for the break, I was going through the numbers on jobs. In November of this year alone, the economy added 266,000 jobs in November, all by its little lonesome, according to the Bureau of Labor, Labor Statistics Monthly Employment Situation Report. And then I was also reviewing that the job totals for September and October were also revised upward, leading to a total increase of 41,000 additional jobs that were not reported in September and October, thus making a grand total of three months of over 300,000 jobs, not counting what the actual numbers were for September and October of this year as well. We were also reviewing that in the past 36 months or three years, the economy has created at least 100,000 jobs in 33 of the last 36 months and and has added jobs every month. So the economy has been roasting. It's been on fire. It's been going gangbusters. Um, so uh, I just got a, a question that distracted me that they can't hear me on Instagram, and I don't know why, but we're going to no. keep going anyway. All right, so I'm getting back to it. The economy has been adding jobs for the last three years on a breakneck pace, okay? We've just been going jobs, 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 jobs. And when I get to the next point as to why I think that the economy will not be seeing a recession in 2020, you're going to see why those jobs are appearing, okay? So we're just going through the statistics about jobs currently and how, it, how it's been growing over the last three years. We are at a 50-year low unemployment rate. That means there are some people who are living today who have never seen unemployment this low before in their lifetime. There are people who are 50 years or older who, who, have, who have seen this before, but it's rare. It's very rare. That's half a century, uh, a 50-year low. Continued job growth equals a strong labor market, okay? So we have lots of jobs, lots of people working. High labor demand is leading to increased employment and growing wages as businesses raise pay to attract workers. Now, what happens when you have a lot of jobs in the marketplace that gives the employee choice? That means if you're in a job that you do not like and you want to leave, you can. When you do not have a lot of jobs in the market, you're basically stuck. We all have to eat. We all have to pay our bills. We all have to be able to play, pay for a place to live. So when there are not a lot of jobs, the employers know it. They don't have to treat you as nice. They don't have to give you as many raises to keep you around because the scarcity of employment is what keeps you in that job. When there are lots of jobs to choose from, then employers have to compete for your time and your talent, which means they have to raise, raise wages in order to keep you where you are so that you are happy. Otherwise, you leave. And when you leave, that causes problems for employers because they have to find a replacement, especially when production is going up and they have high demand for their goods and services. They have to train another person, which slows them down. So they don't want to do that. Okay, that's just my explanation of that bullet point. All right, so 
Uh, high labor demand is leading to increased employment and growth in wages and businesses are raised to pay attractive workers. All right, so he went through that. Next bullet point, nominal average hourly earnings increased at a 3.1% rate year over year, making November the 16th consecutive month that this measure of wage growth has been above 3%. Okay? That means nominal average hourly earnings have been trending at 3% or higher for the 16 consecutive months. That's basically saying wages are rising. Now, the nominal wage growth uh, indicator is does not take into account inflation. It's just straight wages, right? It's not adjusting for inflation and whether or not wages are keeping up with inflation, but it's a good indicator as to whether or not rate wages are rising. So we have job growth and and rate and wages that are going up or, or uh, rates of pay going up. Before the start of this streak, nominal hour, average hourly wage gains had not reached 3% in more than 10 years, all right? So it had not even reached 3% in the last 10 years, and now we're on a roll where it's been 3% or higher over the last 16 months, okay? So that's fantastic news for the economy and, and people who are employed. Okay, so when taking inflation into account, real wages are also growing. Based on the Federal Reserve's preferred inflation measure, the Personal Consumer Expenditure Price Index, inflation in the past year was 1.3% as of October, meaning real wages increased at a year-over-year -year rate of 1.9%, which means, which, which basically says real wages are outpacing inflation. So not only is the are, jo are jobs growing, but inflation is being kept at in check, okay? So the Federal Reserve has, I believe, and this is just off the top of my memory, so one of you guys will probably have to fact check me on this, but the Federal Reserve's target rate for inflation is 3% per year. So what that means is if you are not growing in wage growth at three or more percent, if that's what their target rate is, you're basically losing buying power year after year after year after year. I don't understand why the Fed has an inflation uh, target rate at 3% because it's almost like they're working against the American people. Did I say that out loud? Um, <laughs> but um, uh, if you're not outpacing inflation in your wage in your wage increases, you're basically losing purchasing power over time year after year after year after year. Right. So uh, is the system rigged? I don't know. OK. All right. We move on. So before the start of. The, OK. So where are we going? Back to my notes. All right. So uh, assuming inflation holds steady this month, this translates into real wage growth of more than one thousand dollars over the past 12 months for someone working 40 hours per week year round at the average wage. So basically what they're saying is your your buying power has increased by $1000. So jobs are going up, inflation is being kept at bay, and wage growth is increasing in outpacing inflation, which means you're increasing your spending power as a consumer. Marco says I have 1 minute. 
The unemployment rate has stayed at or below 4% for 21 straight months. The number of people claiming unemployment insurance as a share of the population is the lowest on record since data began in 1967. So my first point as to why recession is not going to happen in 2020, jobs, 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 wage increases that are outpacing inflation and the rate of unemployment is at historic lows. Okay, so when we get back from the break, we're going to jump into my second point as to why I believe we will not see a recession in 2020. And you guys are going to want to stay tuned for this because it's extremely interesting. All right, so we'll see you when we get back from paying some bills. Looking to buy, sell, or refinance a home? Maybe you just need to spruce up the one you've got. This is the show that shows you how. It's the Real Estate Connection. Once again, your host, Stephen Thayard. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I hope you're enjoying your last Saturday morning before Christmas. Um, And the house is fully decorated. Those presents are wrapped and underneath the tree. Um, And the kiddos in the house are anticipating the arrival of Santa Claus. And you adults are anticipating getting up really early Christmas morning, right? I know I've lived it. The struggle is real. Um, So I hope you're enjoying today's show. Um, In recap, we have been talking about why I believe we will not see a recession in 2020. For all those people that are getting ready to to purchase a home in 2020 or trying to make the decision as to whether or not they should purchase a home in 2020, um, a lot of times we look to the economic Um, or economic data or the state of the economy before we move forward because it's an extremely large purchase, especially here in California, where anything you buy is going to be a half a million dollars or higher. That's a lot of money. I don't care how long you've been in real estate in the Bay Area. If you've gotten to the point where you think a half a million dollar transaction is small, I think maybe you're a little bit jaded because half a million dollars is still a ton of money. If you had to write a check for that tomorrow because somebody sued you, you'd be quaking and shaking in your boots. It's a lot, a lot of money. And so people really, really take time to think it through in regards to whether or not they're going to invest in real estate. And part of that decision-making process is looking forward into the economy to see whether or not there's going to be a slowdown, a downturn, or a recession. So that's why we're going through this as to why I think we're not going to see a recession in 2020. So I've been going through the jobs data in the last few segments, and now we're going to pivot and turn to another indicator as to why I do not think we're going to see a recession. The second point is that uh, there has been an unprecedented reduction in regulation, okay? An unprecedented reduction in regulation. And you wonder, how is that affecting the economy, right? Because a lot of people hear that and they go, okay, that's nice. Uh, No, there's not as many regulations or maybe that's bad because we're not regulating things as much as we used to. So I'm going to walk you through how that affects you and, and how it affects the economy. An executive order was signed on January 20th, 2017 to remove 
two regulations for every single regulation proposed, okay? So removing two for every one. What many do not know is that Canada instituted a similar policy in 2012. So for all my Canadian fans, they pulled the they pulled this lever first, but we did it bigger, all right? They did a one-for-one. One. So based on a CNBC article written on February 7th, 2017 by Frank Holmes, CEO and Chief Investment Officer at U.S. Global Investor, Investors, Canada's one-for-one one rule or one regulation removed for every new regulation proposed, Canadian businesses saved 22 million dollars and 290,000 compliance hours from 2012 to 2014. Just that's right. Just based on the one for one rule. Okay. That's 200, 200, 290,000 Compliance hours. So for those of you who don't understand what that means is that's forms. That's forms. That's you filling out some form to some federal agency or state agency and asking for their permission in order for you to conduct business. That's real production time that people could be using moving the business forward. And that's $22 million that was spent on those forms and filling them out correctly and making sure that you didn't make any mistakes that you could have put back into your business. All right. So the article goes on to say that such a rule was long overdue for United States regulations. According to the same article, the libertarian think tank competitive enterprise Institute calculates that the annual cost of regulation of regulations in the United States amounts to a jaw-dropping 1.9 trillion with a T dollars. A figure that in 2014 exceeded the 1.7 trillion collected in federal income taxes. So Businesses spent more on regulation than they did on paying taxes. Okay, so it's hard for us to picture trillions of dollars in our minds, okay? So you see the true nature of the burden of these regulations in the cost per employee. So that's what we're, the, the um, article goes on to explain how it's actually um, a cost per employee because it makes more sense in our minds. It's hard for anyone to, f- to figure what a trillion dollars looks like. It's so big that it just becomes a hard to, to wrap your arms around. So in 2012, companies in every industry – Every industry paid on average $9,991 per employee per year. So that's almost $10,000 per employee, according to the National Association of Manufacturers, for regulation compliance. Okay, that's easier for you to wrap your arms around. So I'm going to quote directly from the article, and this is what it says. That means if you ran a business with 100 employees, you paid close to $1 million every year just to comply with federal laws and regulations. 
That's $1 million you could have put toward new business growth and salaries instead. Okay? So another quote. Then there's the paperwork. In fiscal year 2015, Americans spent a whopping $9.78 billion. Yes, billion, sorry, billion hours, not dollars, $9.78 billion hours complying with federal regulations according to a recent report from the U.S. Office of Management and Budget. So you have $10,000 per employee and you have almost $10 billion hours spent by employees that are trying to comply with all these regulations. So another quote. In a 2014 survey conducted by PricewaterhouseCoopers Center for the Study of Financial Innovation, global financial leaders cited regulatory pressure as the number one impediment to financial growth. Global financial leaders cited regulatory pressure as the number one impediment to financial growth. So with all of that being said, now you understand the power of removing two regulations for every one. So with the removal of the reg- regulatory burden, if you do the math, with industries having regulations reduced by approximately two-thirds, the cost savings per employees is approximately $6,700 per employee that they're saving for for all this regulation going out of the going out of the way. The time savings is approximately 6.52 billion hours. So what do businesses do with the saved money and time? They reinvest in new machinery and equipment, spend money in the economy, right? Cuz you got to buy the machinery and equipment from from manufacturers, right? So those people are selling more goods to other manufacturers so you can expand your business. More labor hours are freed up towards production. So what happens? Your productivity increases because you have less time on regulations and more goods and services are produced. And then you expand your hiring for more employees, thus the increase in jobs. So this permanent reduction in regulation is not going away. This is only going to get better and better and better and better for our economy. So that's what my second point as to why I don't think we're going to see a recession in 2020. All right, so we're down to 30 seconds. We're going to take a hard break, and we're going to come back, and I'm going to get into my last and final point uh, as to why we're not going to see, I believe, we're not going to see a recession in 2020. So stay with me. Here's another good one that you can share with friends and family, and we'll be back after the break. Now back to The Real Estate Connection with realtor and certified probate and real estate specialist, Stephen Fayard. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the program. Thank you for joining me this morning. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Oh, yes. It's that beautiful time of year. Merry Christmas. And my Christmas present to you today is sharing with you information as to why I do not think we're going to see a recession in 2020. All right. Um, Actually, based on the information that I've just shared with the reduction in regulations, I think the economy is just going to keep getting better. All right. So if you weren't here for the last segment, I was just going through the fact that 
there was an executive order signed in January of 2017 that said there were going to be uh, two regulations cut for every new regulation proposed. And then we just went through what that really means for the economy as a whole. So in summary, I said, so with the removal of the regulatory burden, if you do the math, with industries having regulations reduced by two-thirds, the cost saving per employee is approximately $6,700 per employee, and the time savings is approximately $6.52 billion with a B regulatory hours that you've just freed up in your business for moving forward with production. So what do businesses do with the save money and time? They reinvest in new machinery and equipment, spending money in the economy. More labor hours are uh, uh, are set free towards production. So you have more goods and services being produced. And you can expand and hire more employees to do more work. Thus, the increase in jobs that we spoke about in the first segments of the program today. So what happens when the general population feels more secure in their employment. They do not fear losing their job because there's so many jobs out there. It The power has shifted back to the employee. You now are in control. You're driving your own destiny. They need you. There's too much work to be done. So they have to keep you. You feel safe. And there's no fear of loss the no fear of loss leads to spending. When you don't fear that you're going to lose your job, you're more free to spend money. Um, you just are. It's just this comfort level you have. It's like you know that that you know four hundred dollar is four hundred dollars is coming in every month, every month, every month, every month. So you know I'll spend you know three hundred bucks because I know it's coming. It's coming back. I have this job. Consumer confidence rises in the economy. Grows. It grows. So. All this talk of recession, it just it, it kind of baffles my mind based on the information that I've read because uh, everything to me leads towards more growth. So here is my third point. How has Wall Street responded to the economic policy changes? Because Ma- Wall Street's smart. They read the tea leaves. They see the writing on the wall. If they think that the economy is going to tank, they don't invest. They don't buy stocks and bonds. They don't keep moving forward. They pull out of the market. There's a pullback, right? So the market has hit 133 record highs in the past three years. The value of the average American's 401k has steadily been climbing upwards. And according to a Fox Business Report article dated December 16th, 2019, the Dow Jones Industrial Average crossed 28,332.74 on Monday the 16th, meaning it has rallied 10,000 points or more than 54% since November 8, 2016. The benchmark S&P 500 has gained more than 46%. The investors know they're the inside track. If the economy wasn't doing well, the stock market wouldn't be doing well. It's a correlation. So we have jobs, 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 jobs. We have a permanent reduction in regulation, which means you free up productivity, you free up money, spending on an empty cost 
of complying with regulation, which means more hiring, which means more goods and services being produced, which leads to employees feeling like they're needed, which means they have more job security, which means they feel freer to spend, which means businesses aren't having a problem selling their goods and services in the marketplace, either uh, retailer to consumer or business to business. All right. That's just how it is. However, there is one more thing. There's one more. It just keeps getting better. The winning is amazing. We are winning. You are living in a glorious time in the United States of America right now. That's right. So what could make this even better than all of I, all of everything that I just covered? What makes it even better? I'll tell you what. The United States-Mexico-Canadian Agreement, trade agreement, the USMCA. Congress has indicated the passage of the USMCA. All right. So for a lot of times, for a long time, not a lot of times, a long time I've been listening to what the US, the USMCA, the USMCA, blah, 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 blah. But I never really dug into what it really meant. So as part of my uh, trying to figure out whether or not we were going to see a recession in 2020 after hearing that this uh, thing is going to be passed uh, by the House and the Senate and the president's going to sign it, I wanted to see what it really meant for our economy. So I did some digging. All right. Uh, in an article published by S. George Alfonso of Miller Law Group, PLLC, here are a few choice bullet points. The USMCA offers real and substantial economic growth in the U.S. economy within its first few years. The Office of the U.S. Trade Representative projects the USMCA will spur $34 billion in investments in U.S. auto plants, $23 billion in American auto parts sales, and create 76,000 new industry jobs over the course of five years. That is is amazing. That's just one area of it. Let's go on to the next bullet point. The Office of the U.S. Trade Representative estimates estimates that the employment gains would include approximately 22,800 automotive assembly jobs, 8,000 additional advanced battery supplier jobs, and 45,600 additional automotive supplier jobs. Uh, according to an article from The Hill, new NAFTA, or USMCA, would give a $60 billion boost to the auto sector. And this was published on April 23rd, 2019. All right, so we, this is just the automotive section uh, automotive sector, right, of the USMCA. We're talking about $34 billion in investments in auto plants, $23 billion in automobile automobile parts sales, and create 76,000 industry jobs over the course of five years. So on top of the economy already being juiced by deregulation, being juiced by job creation, being juiced um, by the stock market and 401k growth and consumer confidence and all this other stuff that's already rocking and rolling. In 2020, when the Senate passes this thing and the president signs it, 
it's just going to kick it up another notch. Another reason why I don't think that we're going to see a recession in 2020. A study by the International Trade Commission concluded that the USMCA would add an estimated $68.52 billion to the U.S. economy and would create approximately 176,000 new jobs. That's outside of the automobile industry. The ITC reports conclude that the model estimates that the USMCA would likely have a positive impact on all broad industry sectors within the U.S. economy. In particular, the report states that manufacturing would experience the largest percentage gains in output, exports, wages, and employment, while in absolute terms, services would experience the largest gains in output and employment. So for all of you guys worried about the service sector, manufacturing creates service sector jobs, right? Because when you're building stuff and moving stuff around, you got to keep track of everything. You have supply chain issues. You've got accounting issues. You've got, uh, you know, taxes you have to pay. You got to set up new companies and locations. You got to buy real estate. Uh, the real estate market on the commercial side should be going gangbusters as well. I mean, there's just, there's just, it's a basket of commodities that everybody's going to benefit off of when the economy starts to grow. You know, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see a 5% GDP in 2020. Right. I can't. I mean, I'm just speaking off the top of my head here, but I, I don't know at the way this this thing is really going. Uh, we could really see this thing really ramp up to something we've never seen before in the history of the United States of America in our economy. I'm up against a hard break. When we get back from our commercials, we will wrap up this show. And I want to thank you for joining me. And we'll see you when we get back. Looking to buy, sell, or refinance a home? Maybe you just need to spruce up the one you've got. This is the show that shows you how. It's The Real Estate Connection. Once again, your host, Stephen Thayard. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thank you again for joining me this morning on KFAX 1100 and The Real Estate Connection with your host, me, Stephen Thayard, realtor. I've had this question come up a few times. Are you practicing? Yes, I am a practicing real estate agent and realtor. And I happen to be uh, just have closed another deal for a client of mine just this last week. It was on the market for about six months. It was a long, long period of time, but we got an offer in hand and we closed before the end of the year and he's a happy camper and so am I. So if you have any real estate related needs, please feel free to reach out and contact me directly at 408-472-0817 or through the internet at realestateconnectionradio.com. I'd be happy to help you with getting your house listed and sold or helping you purchase a, a new home. So today's show, we've been going through why I think there will not be a recession in 2020. And I know there's a lot of talk out there. I think sometimes People just need to have something to write about. But based on the information that I've just shared with you and that I've done the research on personally, and you don't have to believe me, you can go out and look up for this information yourself. I believe that there will not be a recession in 2020. And just to recap, here are the, the first the reasons why. Um, jobs. Job growth has been phenomenal. Uh, we had a uh, huge 
gains in job growth. We had 266,000 jobs added in November of this year alone. We have a 50-year low unemployment rate, and we've been seeing job growth go up um, at least 100,000 jobs in the past 33 of the last 36 months or three years. And um, wage growth is outpacing inflation, which hasn't always been the case. Actually, it hasn't been that way for the last 10 years. We've just surpassed that. Um, Actual spending power has gone up by $1,000 for people who are in uh, the employment market. Also, uh, reduction in regulation. Uh, Canada uh, started off with a one-for-one reduction, which saved them uh, $22 million and 290,000 hours of compliance from the years 2012 to 2014. And I contend that with our two-for-one, that we will well surpass that. As my math indicates, with a two-thirds reduction in uh, regulations, we will see a cost savings per employee for business owners of $6,700 per employee and a savings of $6.52 billion in, in uh, sorry, $6.52 billion hours in man time that was previously being used to keep up with regulation, whereas they can now be uh, inserted back into productivity uh, for production or providing services uh, to people who need them. And with all of this, uh, there's consumer confidence because people are secure in their job and they feel that they can move about uh, and uh, get increases in pay and not be stuck in one position because there are so many jobs available. Also, Uh, We've seen a record high stock market, uh, which confirms that the market believes that the economy is moving in the right direction. Uh, The benchmark S&P 500 has gained more than more than 46 percent. And on top of it all, the USMCA has yet to be unleashed onto the economy, which we have gone through and said that. Uh, There is $68.2 billion to be added to the U.S. economy because of the USMCA and would create another 176,000 new jobs. Now, if the Fed uh, follows um, suit because inflation is still being kept in check at about 1.3 percent and and continues to uh, lower uh, the interest rates on the dollar uh, so that we can export more, then the economy will be roasting so hot you won't be able to even look at it because it'll burn your eyes. So that is why I think there will be no recession in 2020. So gear up, get ready, take advantage, and go for it. Now's the time. We're living in a remarkable time in the history of the United States and our economy. Thank you for joining me today. God bless you. God bless your family. Merry Christmas, and God bless these United States of America. How blessed are we to be living in such a wonderful country. Thank you for joining me today, and I'll see you next week, and I am out. This has been The Real Estate Connection with Realtor and Certified Probate and Real Estate Specialist, Stephen Thayard. Licensed CalBRE number 01700019. For more information on this program, visit realestateconnectionradio.com or call Stephen directly at 408-472-0817. And be sure to tune in next week at this time for The Real Estate Connection. 